Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome along. It's a World Book Day special of writer's routine. Because, in theory, everyone on the planet is celebrating the thing that we love most in the world, I kind of thought it best that we get involved too. My name's Dan Simpson. Hello, thanks for giving us a download. Now, over the last year, we've had some incredible authors on the show, and I figured that today is a fine moment, World Book Day, to reflect and think back to some of the best advice uh, that we've heard in the last 12 months. So on the way, uh, we've got the writing routines, just the writing routines, what the show says, nothing more, nothing less from In Reverse Order, Mark Billingham, Bridget Collins, Tim Marshall, Helen Fields, Garrett Conley, Cecilia Ahern, and we start with international bestseller, Edinburgh's own Ian Rankin. And we talk about what happens from the moment he wakes up to the moment he goes back to bed on a day when he is sitting down to write. First thing when I wake up is I go and get coffee uh, and the paper. And then I read the paper, cover to cover. Then I do the Sudoku, killer Sudoku. Then I do the kind of polygon, the kind of word puzzle. Then I do the cryptic crossword. Then I take a break. Then I check my emails. And then eventually I think, oh, I better start writing. So by about 11 o'clock, I'm probably starting to write. Uh, now, on a good day, I'll write straight through. I'll just, I won't even break for lunch. If I do break for lunch, it'll be a cup of soup. You know, it'll just be some soup heated up in a microwave. Um, if I need a break, I'll go for a walk. Um, if I'm in Cromarty, that walk will be along the seafront. I might go back to the cafe and have another coffee. I might go to the pub and have half a pint of beer. Go back to the house and start again and just keep writing through until six or seven o'clock and then break for dinner. And on a really good day... I'll go back after dinner. Now, some days aren't good. Some days you sit down at the computer and you think, I've got nothing. Nothing's coming. I'm having to force the words out. It doesn't feel natural. It's not flowing. It's stuttering. No. Walk away. I'll walk away and I'll just do something else. I'll read a book. I'll do. I'll go for a walk. I'll just do anything but think about the book. And a good day can start at 8 p.m. at night. So, you know, you sit down at 8 and think, I'll give it one last go. Oh, hang on a minute. Maybe this is what should be happening. And the writing starts to flow and you find yourself midnight, one in the morning, you've done a solid day's work, but you've not started till late at night. On days when you are starting to write at eight in the evening, will you ever temper yourself at all? If it is pushing 2am now and you're cracking through it, will you think, well, I might need to go to bed at some point or do you just, if it's coming, let it go? When I was a young man full of vim and vigour, I would just keep going, you know. But now if I do that, if I write into the night, the next morning I'm shattered. 
it takes me a while to recover. So I would rather just say no. I'm going to stop about eight o'clock. I'll stop or nine o'clock on a on a you know if I've, if I've been going all day, I'll stop and and not go and do a, another session. Whereas when I was young, I'd think oh, I'll do a late night session on top of the daytime session. The thing is, when I was young, I was having to write two books a year just to survive, just to make enough money to live on. So I was having to really push the words out. And having trained as a journalist, I could do that. You know, I thought nothing of doing, let me think, what would I, I mean, even now, a decent day, a good day would be three to three and a half thousand words a day, every day. And I'm talking seven days a week. So that's 20,000 words a week, which means in five weeks, you've got a 100,000 word novel. Do you ever take a day off? Not if I'm working, no, because I'll start to forget stuff because I don't have many notes at the beginning. And a crime novel is very complex. It's very interconnected, interlocked pieces. If I take a day off, I'll forget what's going on. I'll forget. I'll come back to the work face and look at the screen and go, oh, hang on a minute, where'd I go from here? Um, and I'll forget connections between people. I'll forget stuff that I've got to put in, red herrings that I need to add, subplots or where they're going. Um and because I've not taken a lot of notes, a lot of structural notes before I start writing, uh, the first draft is me actually doing that. It's me creating a skeleton on top of which I'm going to put some meat later on. So it's kind of, it's the, kind of the, the spine of the story. Does it work? Does it stand up? Um, and I know as little as my cop. So when my cop starts and there's a murder or there's a body, I don't know who done it. I have no idea who done it when I start the book. And the first draft is me getting to know the characters and how they might relate to this and who might have done it and why they might have done it. And the story tells me what. The story gives me the answers as I go through it. Well, mine is very structured, you know, because I publish every autumn. So I start writing in January. Um, it's due at the end of May. I edit for the summer and then it's published in the autumn. So that, overall, it's very structured. And then when I'm writing, I usually write about four days a week, probably Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, because of me quite intense, I do like the Wednesday to do other things. Um, I'm probably at my office by 9.15. Um, I like to have a cup of tea and light a candle. And, um, and really, it's just about writing. You know, I think the mornings are sometimes slow. It takes a while to, to warm up my brain. And the afternoons can be, you know, as it's getting closer to 5 or 5.30, it can be, oh, I don't have enough time, but I wasted two or three in that morning. So, but you know, as a writer, every day is different. Some some days that you could just be doing so many emails and uh, phone calls and things like that, um, either interviews or you know, with lovely publishers. Um, and other days, it's just about the writing. So I think every day is different, but it, it's most important to try and focus on the writing. I, you know, and actually, to be more specific, because that's what you want, um, every time I write, I will write a chapter. So I will never begin a chapter and, and put the pen down without finishing and leave the office. So um, I'll write a chapter in each sitting, which could take one hour, two hours, three hours. Um, and then I could spend another week just fixing up that chapter. But each time I sit down to write, I write a chapter. It must have its own beginning, middle and end. Um, and when that's complete, it's complete. You know, sometimes it could be a page. Sometimes it could be just one thought, you know, and then you move on to the next one. But I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't I would, don't go by word count. This is like my favorite stuff to talk about. <laughs> Please, I'll go ahead. Thank you know how you. writers will be at an event and someone will ask about process and writers will like roll their eyes. I'm just like mine light up. I get very excited when we talk about. Well, process. I'm very excited. <laughs> then, Garrett, go ahead. So um, when I'm in my good modes, which is like, you know, sitting down to write every day and I'm on schedule, I actually wake up usually at 430 in the morning and um, I, I find this to be essential because there's this mysterious thing that happens when you wake up at 4.30 in the morning, which is like no one else is awake. 
there's almost no sound even in New York and um it feels like you're doing something almost forbidden like no one else is doing it um so there's a sense of isolation and I take about 30 minutes before I start writing sometimes an hour if I'm feeling sort of lazy or tired um but I really allow myself to indulge in reading good poetry and sometimes prose that sounds like poetry um like I've I've been recently reading Juna Barnes do you know her she wrote um, a really strange novel, actually. It was called Nightwood, and it's this one of the first like big lesbian novels. It was actually um, touted by a lot of poets at the time as as an important novel. But the language sounds like poetry, and it almost doesn't make sense. Like you read it, you have to read it five billion times, and you still don't understand it. So I've been reading that lately, and I'll I'll sort of start reading it. I'll make coffee. Um, and then slowly sip my coffee and allow myself to enter into that world. And um, I can't read anything that's too perfectly polished. Like, if I read something like Virginia Woolf, for example, I would just be like, why am I writing? (laughs) You know? So I like things that are weird or things that I could never do in my own prose. That's interesting because I would imagine a lot of writers would like to read some of the best there is. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm trying to get up to the scratch of. But you find the reverse of that. You think it's almost too daunting. Well, yeah. I mean, and I guess maybe I don't mean the best there is, but more like the the best there is within your tradition. So I like to write like Virginia Woolf. I mean, that's my goal eventually. But But if I read Virginia Woolf before I try to write like Virginia Woolf, then I'll just be like, why am I doing this? Because it's obvious that I'm not as good as her. Um, so I like to read a lot of different things that, um, I would never think of writing. Um, so Gina Barnes is one of those writers. She's just so unusual and she has these long monologues from characters that make almost no sense and they combine all of this strange philosophy that I've never heard of. Um, so I love that. And then at around five or five thirty, I sit down on, on my ugly couch and, um, I just start... Like, I I might read over what I'd written the day before, like, maybe a few pages. And then uh, I like to enter into the scene through some sort of image or some sort of sound that I'm really interested in. And perhaps most importantly for me, and this is going to be strange to explain, but um, I've, I've been doing this thing since I was about four years old where I take a string and a pencil or two strings and I move them in front of my face, like, sort of repeatedly. Are the strings <clears throat> tied to the pencil? I, I do like to tie them to the pencil. So it's sometimes. almost like a metronome? Mm-hmm. And then, then, then what happens with them? So I sort of move it in front of my face over and over again, almost like you would see, like, a cat sort of... I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> this, yeah, this mm-hmm. brings to mind a kitten straight away. Yeah, and I love cats, so it makes sense. And um, so I'll sort of move it a- across my field of vision until I no longer really see what's in front of me, and I... I can enter into my imagination, and usually it's visual. That sounds crazy, but I actually have um, I had some friends who have studied this kinds of like these kinds of repetitive behaviors before, and they said that it's actually a kind of self hypnosis that people do this sometimes. It looks uh, like a family day in the morning because um, one of the reasons that I like writing is because it gives me time with the children. So I have the whole child chaos thing to start with. So my head is kind of a bit of a jumble. Um, And quite often these days I'll go for a walk. So I'll drop the children to school, go for a walk, clear my head, calm down, get the kind of mini shire family life out of my brain. Um, During which time I'm also thinking about what I'm going to do that day, what I'm going to be achieving. 
Um, and I'm quite an organized writer these days. So usually on any given day, I'll have a plan that's been drawn up a couple of weeks earlier. So I know what I've got to do on any given day. Um, and I have a very, very detailed schedule of, of words. So nothing is really left to chance. Um, so on a weekly basis, I'll write five days a week and I will have to produce usually two and a half thousand words in my writing day. So I know when I sit down um, in the morning that I need to produce two and a half thousand words. I can't give up writing until I've done that. Um, and if I haven't done it by the time I have to pick the children up from school, I have to come back to it afterwards and carry on. Um, I drink a lot of tea. I eat too many biscuits um, and I spend too much time on Twitter. So it's really a question of self-discipline, and I am disciplined about making sure that I achieve what I need to achieve, because at the end of the day, um, it's a job. It's a job like any other job, and nobody else goes to work thinking, oh, I'll see if I'm in the mood for it. I'll see how it feels when I get there, you know? And actually... Um, uh, too many people think writing is kind of this lovely thing where you can drift in and drift out of it and are you in the right mood? And that's just rubbish because we have deadlines. We're trying to earn money. We have other things that we need to do. Um, and so the, the discipline is incredibly important because, of course, you know, from when you get the idea for a book approved to when you stop, um, usually your editor isn't kind of on top of you or checking what you're doing. So the need for self-discipline is much greater than in any other job, really. Um, and and my day is very much about I do I have a six hour day um, to achieve what I need to achieve. It's more about clarity with writing, <clears throat> and it's more about thinking clearly in advance what you're going to do. And I know that some writers are very very specific planners, and other people kind of go with the flow. Um, and I've done both between books. It is easier if you've got a good clear plan. So quite often I'll have a chapter plan when I start the book, and I'll say right it's going to be roughly forty chapters. Within each chapter, I need to achieve a certain amount, and um, this is this is where it's going to go. And the easy thing with that is, even when that doesn't work out, I can see the chapter ahead and I can see where it's not going to work out. So I'll get to the next point on my document and go, actually, this chapter was supposed to be X, but I can see now that that's not going to work because I know what's coming afterwards, and so I need to replace it with Y. Um, and it, it does work like that because it allows you um, a lot greater control and full planning over the book. Um, uh, that said, the nice thing about writing, is certainly with writing a series, which is what I'm doing, is that things will crop up that I put into book one and I'll suddenly think, oh, do you know what? I can suddenly use the idea from book one. I didn't really kind of, you know, close that down properly and I can pull that out. So I think that's where that kind of being able to be flexible and pick ideas up and pull things in really comes into its own. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, the routine is often, I get it when I go out for breakfast. I mean, it's such a luxury uh, to have someone bring you something and then take it away um, after you've finished it. Uh, even if you do have to pay for that privilege, it's, it's great. I just, I just cannot bring myself to make myself coffee, tea and toast in the morning. Uh, now, obviously it costs, but I've been fortunate enough recently to you know, sell one or two books and um, that's less of a worry. So that is a routine. I'll either bike up to the high street or, or walk up. And then I'll either go on to something, uh, to a, you know, a, a school if I'm giving a talk there or occasionally go off to do an interview, um, or, I'll, or, I'll, or I'll come back and start ploughing through emails. Um, because as a non-fiction writer, I'm still, I'm still ploughing pl- pl- uh, through... Uh, I, you know, I subscribe to various current affairs and international relations websites, and you know, I, I do have to get across them all to, to keep riding that wave, not of headlines, but that wave of the underlying things that are going on across the world. So I subscribe to all sorts of websites from different parts of the world. And I don't necessarily read all the articles, but I certainly read I, I read a sort of presay of them or the headlines. Um, I'm never ready until I've got a, a, a clear idea of what I want to say at the beginning, going through the middle and to the end. I mean, that's obviously not a lot like fiction. I mean, as I understand it, some fiction writers... Uh, you know, have a very vague idea, but they—I mean, how how wonderful! They're actually telling themselves the story as they go along, and and they they veer off, and sometimes they do things they didn't know they were going to do. That's that's wonderful. That that's so creative. I'm not like that at all. Um, I will have arrived at my um, concept. Furthermore, I, I, at book level, I have to break it down into the sections. Okay, I, you know. At the beginning, I am going to do this, and these, this chapter will be the introduction in which I will sum up. The first chapter will be this, because I think it's the one that's the best example of everything I'm trying to say. I will then turn to this country, if you were doing it chapters by country, because there is this overlap with what came before, da 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 until you get to the end. Uh, only when I've done that structure, when I've built that road, or if you like a road map, at that point, I will sit down and write the first word. <laughs> and that, to me, is the hardest. Uh, it was the same when I was in television, even with a two-minute or two-minute 30 report. Um, forgive me, I, I was actually quite a good writer for television news. Um, there is a real skill to it, which is not to put down what you're seeing. I mean, people do that, you know, this red car arrived on this road. Yeah, I can see that. You know, there is a real skill to it. Uh, and forgive me, I, I, I was quite good at it, but I, I couldn't. It, I sometimes used to just stare there for sort of five, ten minutes, and you've got a bulletin with fifty minutes left, and think, where do I start? What am I going to say? But the moment that I've got that structure, and then that first sentence goes down, I am off. I'm off and running. 
uh, at that point, it becomes easier. So I wake up, I don't have an alarm. Um, I wake up when I wake up or possibly when my husband wakes up <laughs> if he's noisy. Um, and then I'll, I'll go and get a cup of tea, have a cup of tea in bed. Um, and then I'll have, yeah, then, so I have breakfast in bed and I'm normally reading at that point. Like most of my reading gets done in the morning before I start work. Then I would probably start work at about 10 or 10.30 um, and I'll make myself another cup of tea, go and sit down at my desk and then probably procrastinate for half an hour with email and Facebook and Twitter, um, which I, I didn't used to be on Twitter, but my publisher told me I had to. <laughs> and it's so addictive. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I'll probably start work actually at about 11, 11.30 and what I aim to do is write a thousand words so that sometimes on a good day that'll happen in like an hour an hour and a half um and on a bad day it obviously won't get done at all but I'll kind of sit there until you know I'll, well I'll sit there until lunch and then I'll have lunch and then at about two thirty, I'll kind of give up and go and do some form of exercise which I think is I find that really helpful because you know, it kind of, I can feel the, the blood kind of going to my brain and the ideas starting to work again. Well, I've spoken to many authors who, who, who say exactly that, who mm. say, you know, the story isn't written, fingers to the, the keyboard. The story's mainly written when you're out doing other things and all you're doing is just, is just getting it out then. Uh, is that it? So you go off to exercise. Do you then do anything else in the evening just, just to keep things ticking over? Um, not normally. I think... The nicest thing is when I want to go back to it and, you know, there are days where, you know, where I, I or, or sometimes, you know, if, if an idea has come to me while I'm exercising, then sometimes I'll go back to it. Like if I've kind of broken the block, as it were. Um, but normally I would actually, what do I do? I, I have a nap in the afternoons. <laughs> You're spending um, all your day in bed. I'm I know, learning. I know. I, I probably do spend most <laughs> of my time in bed if I looked at it and kind of drew a diagram. There's something in the very word routine that makes me kind of ugh, shudder a little bit because actually most writers I know don't have one, you know, not a proper one. I mean, it's not a nine to five job. You know, I, I very, very much mistrust writers who say, well, I write from nine to 11, then I have a sandwich and a cup of tea and then I sit down again at half 11. It's, it's not like that. At least it's really not like that for me. I may sit down at my desk at nine o'clock and actually do bugger all, um, except think about stuff, look out the window, deal with email and twitter and business and then actually sit down and do my day's work at midnight because you're writing the book all the time i mean i know i said i can actually only do the writing the physically do the writing in my office but i'm writing the book when i'm on the bus or walking the dogs or having a shower or pushing a trolley around the supermarket because the book's in your head all the time you know when you get to your computer and sit down and put it down that's kind of typing <laughs> um you know uh but there is no routine because it really isn't a structured day for me in that way. I want to get a certain number of words done every day. You know, every writer talk about the magical thousand words, and I'm very happy if, if, if I can do that, even happy if I can do 2,000 words. But I might, like I say, I might do that between midnight and 2 o'clock in the morning, having done very little for the rest of the day. So it's not, it's not very structured. So without structure, I guess the only reason that I'm quite focused on a routine is because I'm aware that, for some people, creativity needs to be harnessed. And for something like writing, where, as you say, it's going on in your brain the whole time, but to physically sit down and get it done on your keyboard, in front of your computer, is there anything that you do that you find helps you get that part of the work done? 
Um, well, I mean, one of the things I mentioned early on was getting distracted by looking out the window. And actually, I work work better when it's dark i do generally work better when it's when night has fallen i mean for several reasons firstly very practically the house is much quieter um you know in terms of domestically there's less people running about in the house and doing stuff um i'm not getting emails arriving and you know and i know yeah i could always engage freedom on one of those programs on my computer and cut myself off i'm just i don't have that much willpower and i'm looking out the window at darkness i'm looking out at nothing and it kind of suits what i'm writing really so yeah i mean if i'm if if i'm going to be at my most creative i suppose it would be then but actually you have to be incredibly good at time management and i'm not i'm not talking about on a daily basis i'm talking about on on a yearly basis um i deliver a book a year and and have done for nearly 20 years book every year and i've never missed a deadline it will always get delivered but that's not writing every day and that's knowing that i've got to spend a certain part of every year touring and promoting the book that came out last year or going to a different country and promoting the book they've just published so i've got to work i've got to look at a diary and go well i know i'm not going to get any writing done in september so i've got to make sure i've got enough done in august so that do you know what i mean i I, absolutely i I have to kind of manage my time and i've got a pretty good sort of inbuilt calendar where i can look at the progress of a a book that i'm writing and go okay well i'm I'm fifty thousand words into that so do you know what i'm about halfway through that i've still got eight months of the year to deliver that i'm fine And that's it, our World Book Day special of Writer's Routine. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. If you enjoyed it, and if when you were listening, you figured that you've missed some of those authors, uh, it's fine. We've got them all free for you to listen to wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also find them at writersroutine.com. Now, if the place where you get your podcasts from is Apple, um, I'd love for you to leave us a review, by the way, over there. See, as a quick thank you uh, for this little bonus podcast that you've had. It doesn't normally happen. Uh, go over to Apple Podcasts, find Writer's Routine, and drop us a five-star review, if you can. Leave your name as well, and then I'll say hello in the next few weeks. And we'll be back really soon. Uh, tomorrow, in fact, if you're listening to this on actual World Book Day, chatting to debut novelist Harriet Tice. I'll see you then. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.